What's up, principals, and welcome to the Principal Crew Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. I'm a principal. I'm your host, and this is the podcast that is all about principals all of the time because that's just what we do. And today's guest, I am super excited. You all are in for a treat. Please welcome Amy Dixon to the podcast. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. It's a treat to start my morning talking with you. So awesome. You know, we've known each other on social media for a few years, connected virtually. I was supposed to be speaking at the Illinois Principal Association Conference. Obviously, with COVID, things are getting bumped. I know there's a virtual event happening uh, in 2021, so it'll be excited to, uh, to connect further. But for those out there that don't know who Amy Dixon is. Tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you work. Give us the, uh, give us the lowdown. Sure. So I went to college at the University of Illinois in Champaign, and I received my bachelor's and master's degree in school social work. So I took perhaps an unconventional route to becoming a school leader, but I will tell you, I honestly feel that that skill set is what I use each and every day, not only in dealing with staff and parents in the community, but just um, in serving the students and all their social emotional needs. Um, I was one of those people that's truly been a lifelong learner. So I ended up getting uh, my administrative degree and on to get my doctorate later on. But the first five years I spent as a school social worker, um, I was loving it, but I had someone that took a chance on me and she worked for a regional office of education and they had a safe school truancy program for high school students that were at risk and had not been successful in their current school setting. So she asked me if I would uh, lead that and I did and it was just a great experience and just a great way to start out as a principal. Um, I really enjoyed it, but as I grew my own family, I had the opportunity to become an elementary school principal here in Southeastern Illinois. I've had different roles and titles over the years, but currently I serve as Director of Curriculum and Instruction for the K-12 district of about 1,400 students, so we're a small district, and I'm over two elementary schools and obviously could not do that without the um, awesome help of my wonderful Dean of Students. But all in all, Adam, I have been in education for 25 years, and 20 of those I have served as a school leader. I also work as an adjunct professor for Eastern Illinois University. And some people say, why in the world would you do that on top of everything else? But it truly is my passion to inspire others to do what I feel is the best job in the world. And I truly do feel that we have the best job in the world, even though it may not feel like it right now, trying to lead in a pandemic. Um, but it's such an awesome responsibility and gift to get to serve our students and our families and the communities that we love. Um, on a personal note, I will tell you, I couldn't do any of these jobs without the support of my husband, Eric, who's also an educator. And he has coached three sports our entire married life, um, which will be 23 years Sunday. So it's not that he has lots of extra time on his hands, but um, we just make it work. We have two fantastic kids and that's where we love to you know, spend our time and, and pour our hearts into. Our daughter, Peyton, graduated in 2020. So we'll all remember her graduation and our son Trey's a freshman in high school. And just as a family, we love all things outdoors. We love to water ski and snow ski and run and, and we just um, enjoy that time together. Um, I mentioned this to you earlier, Adam, but 
I'm so proud of my staff and our community partnering together. We have been able to have face-to-face -face instruction with 85% of our students attending for this whole first semester. And of course, we offer the remote option, but it truly has taken everyone to pitch in and work together um, to, to, to keep our doors open. But we've not only gotten through it, um, but our students have really thrived in this setting and um, really thrived from that face-to-face -face interaction. And I think a lot of that has to do with their desire and their need um, to have those personal connections. And I really attribute a lot of our success to just everyone um, really banding together to provide those opportunities um, to be together and, and to work together face-to-face. -to -face. Um, speaking of collaboration, I currently serve as the president of the Illinois Principals Association. And prior to that, I was the state representative for the National Association of Elementary School Principals. And we are super excited in Illinois to have you, Adam, welcome as our keynoter on February 22nd and 23rd for the Illinois Principals Association. And I know we are all tired of Zoom meetings, but this will not be anything like that. It will be a fantastic experience. So I wanna put a plug in for all your listeners to see you live in action. They can log on to ilprinciples.org and sign up for that annual conference here in February. And again, Adam, we're just excited to, to see you in action. Well, what an introduction, Dr. Amy Dixon. Uh, first off, shout out to Eric and all the spouses of principals out there. You know, I was interviewing somebody yesterday and they were, they were giving a shout out to their spouse. And I, I was thinking, you know what, I should have some episodes where I interview the spouses of a principal just to see, you know, what is it like being married to a principal or maybe I'll interview my wife on the show. I mean, you are a busy woman. Adam, I was waiting. That would waiting, be so much fun. Right? Wouldn't that be fun? I was waiting for you to say, oh yeah, and we have a thousand acre farm, this and that. <laughs> like you are a busy family, but I think, you know, you are, you and I are kindred spirits because that's just how my family roles as well too. You know, we're, we're busy and uh, we, we just do a lot and we definitely live life to the fullest. I'm still thinking about the, well, I'm principal of two schools. I have a friend, uh, Lance McClard, who you might know in, in Missouri. And uh, I was driving through Missouri a couple of years ago speaking and I saw this sign and I said, I think Lance is principal there. So I call him and I was like, dude, are you, are you around? He's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm right down the street. He's like, what do you mean you're right down the street? So I pull, I pull in and he's in kind of rural Missouri and I pull in and we're talking and he's got about 500 kids at his school, nice little school in Missouri. And then he kind of, kind of just nonchalantly goes, oh yeah, well in the other school where I'm principal. And I was like, bro, bro what do you mean your other school? Oh yeah, we have a country school. It's got about 90 kids and I go there about once a week. And, you know, being from California and just living in like pretty busy Bay Area, big urban, urban environments, that's just not something I'm used to. So just a shout out to all the school leaders across the country that are doing so much and uh, people think they know what other people are doing, but stop and have conversations with people because I guarantee that you are going to learn something. But I want to I want to go back to kind of your just your journey as a principal, Amy, in getting to where you are. You know, I think one of the first things is 
that is common in the conversations that I have with people is they had a, a mentor or they had somebody that saw something in them and to your words gave you a chance. I'm sure that that mentor was 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 more than just giving you a chance. They saw your work ethic and the talent that you had. What would you tell aspiring leaders or someone that, that's a teacher that maybe wants to become an assistant principal or someone that, that's an assistant principal that wants to become a principal? What's, what's some advice you would give to other people that are looking to kind of move up into a, a larger leadership role? Well, I think first of all, they just have to jump in. Um, there's never going to be a perfect time. So I um, accepted this position and then found out I was pregnant. And I thought, oh, oh my goodness, like I can't do my first, my very first principalship and have a maternity leave and do all of this. And I was super nervous about it. But um, thankfully, those that hired me were incredibly supportive. And so I, my first words of advice are just to jump in because you really can. Um, I just think by your day-to-day -day actions, you just build trust with the people that you work with and you build those relationships and you just need to listen to those around you. Um, you don't have to have all the answers. You're not going to have all the answers, but that's why um, you need to listen to those around you, learn from, from them. And then of course, you know, I'm very passionate about our state and national organizations. Um, so I think it's incredibly important after you jump in to turn to those organizations. And I think we saw that during the pandemic when everything kind of fell apart last March. I feel like those organizations truly were the glue that held us together and just helped us uh, create those environments in which we could collaborate and really rely on each other as we were trying to figure out how to do um, something new that no one had ever done before. So I, um, they're not going to have all the answers and it's not going to be a perfect time for their family. So I think they just have to jump in. And I always hear you know, and read these articles about work and life balance. I just think everyone has to find the balance that works for them and their family. And um, that looks different for everyone. Um, I will say though, as a new administrator, and I know that other people have spoken to this on your podcast, but I think as a new administrator, they have to learn to take care of themselves. And I've learned as a seasoned administrator that I have to model that in order to give my staff freedom to take care of themselves. Um, and I think there's different ways you can do that. I have a group of girlfriends that I run with in the morning or um, we do a Bible study one day a week and, and they hold me accountable. And when I, when I do something for myself to start the day, it really does um, free me up to, to give to others throughout the day. And so I think that's important. I don't think educators are good at taking care of themselves. We always put everyone else first, but it's also important for them to build a network of people around them that will support them. So my husband has no problem telling me when I need to put my phone down and be with my family. And, and it's not in a condescending way or it, it truly comes out of love and just knowing where my heart is. And, and at the end of the day, I want to be a good mom. So he just supports that. And sometimes you need those people around you or my Dean of students, she has four young children. There's times I have to tell her, go home. Like it will be here tomorrow. So I guess um, new people just need to, to jump in, join their state and professional organizations to provide them support and start networking with other people and, um, and truly just learn to take care of themselves 
through that time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, you know, you said, I don't think educators or principals do a good job of taking care of themselves. I would go further and say, I think a lot of people don't do a good job, just normal people that aren't in education Absolutely. of taking care of themselves. And it's, it's a challenge and it's its own issue within so many other issues that people face. And it is so important to just stop and take care of yourself. And I'm thinking about somebody that I know we both know, uh, my good friend, episode two of the Principal Crew podcast, Mandy Ellis, who oh, yes. was a mother of two and then decided to have <laughs> another one because why not? And she was on maternity and she's back. And, uh, you know, we had a great conversation a few weeks ago. Go, go back and listen to episode two, everybody. And just how Mandy approaches that family. And I think that kind of leads into my next question. You know, balance is an interesting word for me. I always kind of struggle with balance. My approach is I'm fanatical about what I'm fanatical about. Mm -hmm. So what is your approach to being a principal and having a family and having a life and water skiing and snow skiing and, you know, taking care of family. What does it look like for Amy on a daily basis? And I know there's not a formula to that all, but what are your, your fast and hard? No, I'm, I, I leave at this time or no, I, I don't, I don't check email on the weekend. Like what are, do you have like some top five tips or, just things that you kind of live by to make sure that you kind of keep yourself in check. Obviously you already said, Eric, another shout out to Eric, Eric keeps you in check, but is there anything else that you would love to share with the listeners in regards to that? So I had to learn this because I'll be honest, my first few years as a principal, I did not do this. So I don't want um, people to think that I had this figured out from the beginning and I still struggle at times. There, there will always be times that I think, um, we, we ebb and flow in, into this, but um, I don't check email after a certain time. At, once I come home, I stop checking email for the night. Now, that's not to say if I'm expecting a certain email or I'm waiting for a response for someone, I won't occasionally jump on, um, but I don't check on the weekends either. And I will tell you that my inbox gets really out of control sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm not going to lie. There's the negative of that, but I have taught my staff and they know that if they really need something urgently, they text my phone mm -hmm. and I'm kind of particular as to who I give my cell phone number to um, for that reason, but those people that um, really need me um, have my, have my cell phone number. Um, I Adam, this is funny because you are so good at leveraging social media. I need to get better at that because my staff do phenomenal work and my students do outstanding things. And, and that's an area where I need to grow. I need to, to jump on and, and highlight what they're doing more. Um, but I also am really, I, Sometimes I get on social media and then the next thing I know, an hour is gone. So I just am really careful with my social media time. Although I, like I said, I could definitely grow and leveraging it more um, for showing off the great things that my, my staff and students are doing. Um, but that, I just try to be really conscientious with my phone because it can, it can get me in trouble and I can mm -hmm. have several hours 
um, gone by and I've not been connected with my kids. So I think just wherever I'm at, if I'm at work, I'm, I'm on point. Like the minute I walk in the door, I I'm all about relationships and checking in with people, but they're short check-ins and, and I'm connected with those people that I'm with. And then when I'm home, I try to be connected with those people that I'm with. I try to literally think of truly taking the principal hat off at the door when you walk in the door and, and try to just put the mom hat on. And, um, it's been interesting, you know, we're at a point in our life where our kids, my daughter, our daughter's gone off to college and our son's in high school and very active and gone a lot. So it's been a, a fun time in our marriage because we've been able to reconnect a whole lot more, having a lot more time for, for Eric and I together. But, um, yeah, I think just wherever you're at, try to truly be in the moment and be connected. And I know that sounds cliche, but uh, we're so quick to put ourselves in other places by having our phones and, and not being connected um, with where we're, we're currently at. So, yeah, no, here's a, here's a quick coach coaching moment uh, from Adam to Amy. Number one is the more you do social media, kind of the faster and more efficient you get with it. And the second coaching piece from Adam to Amy is I think it's chapter 17 of kids deserve it social media interns put your students in charge of telling the story of your school train them and they will be your they will be your ambassadors of the two campuses that you oversee and your teachers as well too because as you know you you can't do it all and you you've said that in different ways in in your responses and to your point too, I love turning off my phone sometimes or putting my phone in airplane mode because I'll tell you, when I met my wife, we've been married 10 years, I didn't text on my phone. I didn't want text because I, I my thought was if, if I'm going to talk to somebody, I want you to call me. And as we know, 10 years in this uh, century is like a hundred years in like the 17 or 1800s, just because technology is, is moving things so fast. And I remember my wife and I'd been dating a couple of weeks and we, our relationship moved, moved very quickly because I knew that she was the one and she knew that I was the one. And we were just, we got married a hundred days after we met. Uh, that's for a whole nother podcast. But I remember her, 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 I remember her telling me, she says, I work in the emergency department. And if you want to talk to me during the day, you need to text me because I can't talk on the phone. So she's actually the one that kind of got me into the into this world of texting and 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 technology. But I kind of have okay, like so, a yeah. Hold me accountable when you see me in February uh, when when we do this virtual conference. Hold me accountable to that. I'll I'll try to leverage my students to do that. Hey Adam, good. one thing I one thing I forgot to say to you though, but new people jumping into the profession really need to give themselves a lot of grace because it's okay. It's okay. If, if not every email gets answered right away. And I, I think that's, that's what I've learned over the years is it, it truly is okay. There's very few things that are truly an emergency. A lot of people will try to make you think that whatever they come in the door with is an emergency, but there are very few things that truly are an emergency. So uh, they just need to remember that. Yeah, you know, I, I love these conversations with leaders because I kind of decided the other night that I think I'm going to write another book and it's going to be all about just leadership principles and ideas. And my approach has always been 
very nuts and bolts, no nonsense, keep it simple because the simpler something is, the less that can go wrong. The more complicated and the more moving parts, the more can, that can go wrong because there's just more moving parts with that. But this is kind of a, a real talk principle question. Amy, how do you move people forward that don't want to move forward? You, if you've been at your school one year or 10 years, it's inevitable that there are going to be people that are resisting change or they're just maybe challenging to work with or they don't see your vision as the vision that they see. So how do you, how do you move people forward that don't want to move forward? You know, that's a great question. I think something that we all face at times, but I truly think um, it's a lot of, of building trust through your relationships. And sometimes that takes time, but I think the more um, that you are able to pour into those relationships and build that trust with your staff, listening to them, learning alongside them. Um, you know, we there are so many positives that the pandemic has brought um, if, we, if we look for them. And the pandemic forcing us into a lot of changes with technology and remote learning, um, really making sure. So I was very intentional to make sure that I was right there next to them, learning alongside them as we learn new technology and we learned new ways to um, connect with students. And we really thought about ways that we could, you know, provide um, internet service to our students and and just take down a lot of those barriers. But I really think at the end of the day, Adam, and I don't mean to dumb it down, but I think it's all about building that trust with them from the beginning. And I have teachers, you know, that will tell me like, I don't want to do this, but I trust, I trust, I trust you. I trust that, that this is what's best for kids. And so um, if we can just keep them focused on what's best for students and not necessarily us as adults, and um, I, I really think working alongside them and working just as hard as them and, and listening to them, trying to figure out what their needs are and trying to uh, meet those needs the best we can really is the best way to move those staff members forward. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it really goes well to what I said before you answered was to keep it simple. I think a lot of people complicate it and they, they overthink it. And when you build trust yeah. and you have a relationship and it's, it's not about you and me, it's about the kids. And yes, it's about yeah. you and me and the teachers, but at the end of the day, it's you know the things that, that drive a school and a community forward is that collective, that collective idea. And when you're all on the same page or pretty much all on the same page, you're just gonna go farther and you're gonna go farther faster and, and you're gonna have more fun. So if you had every principal in Illinois or the country and you had their attention, what would be the top three pieces of advice that you would give to other principals? Um, well, stop putting so much emphasis on standardized testing. Um, there are, you know, I think principals and teachers feel the weight of that. And I think it's important to always monitor student growth. And it's important for us to, to make sure our students are growing. But I think when we put so much emphasis on that, um, it really can kill uh, the learning environment if we're not careful. And teachers are so awesome and, and they are so creative and have such great ideas and students are so awesome. And they really can instill that love of learning and um, 
grow our students and and principals rarely lose their job because of poor test scores. It's, it's usually those interpersonal um, components that get them in trouble. So uh, don't put so much emphasis on that. Um, have have fun with your kids, um, especially if you're an elementary school principal. You're setting the stage for the next several years of their academic career. So we have to we have to love them well, and we have to um, just really make them feel like they belong. We were talking about um, students and adults um, in, in challenges, but self-regulation, our, our students struggle to self-regulate. Adults in our lives and in the world struggle with self-regulation. Like there's so much more that we do than just academics. So first of all, don't put so much emphasis on, on standardized test, or test scores and just really um, instill that love of learning uh, in the students so that they'll hopefully continue to grow and do well and, and they can still be so successful in life no matter how they scored on their third grade reading score. Um, so I, okay, so three things, sorry, I'm getting off the question. Three things if I have their attention, um, I think, you know, obviously we've talked about the importance of networking um, is super important. And I think for me, the biggest challenge over the past 25 years and, and continues to be a challenge, and I feel like the pandemic has even just shown a spotlight on that even more, is just um, as leaders, it's super, we still have a problem in this country of those that have academic support at home and resources and those that do not. Mm -hmm. And I just think we have to be really intentional about learning the challenges that all minorities in our country face and in all um, socioeconomic groups face. And, um, you know, that, that's a fight that we've got to keep fighting and we've got to keep uh, finding ways to help all students be successful. And I loved that we finally had some federal dollars like for our district. Um, we finally were able, because of the pandemic, to go complete one-to-one -one with our students and to find unique ways to have our, you know, school buses with internet and make sure our parking lots have internet so that families can access it. And so just all of those things that, why didn't we do that earlier? And why, why has it taken a pandemic for us to do that? So um, I just think that that's something we'll continue to face, but I think we still have to push each other to have those difficult conversations. And that's again, to wrap back around to our state and national organizations. I feel like they push us to grow in those areas and just all of the book studies and the, the talks and the collaboration that we do around the inequities, I think are just important to continue um, to have. Yeah, if, if you don't, realize the importance of your state and national organizations after listening to this podcast with amy dixon go and sign up if you're in illinois it's ipa it's um it's national organizations like naesp and nassp and just there's local organizations too i had my friend kyle nix she is a middle school principal in tennessee on the podcast the other day and there's local leadership organizations get involved because it's not just for the networking but they have resources that maybe your district doesn't have or doesn't know about and of course the networking is so important so amy i want to know if if you could this is a short answer question I want the answer and then a one sentence reason why. 
if you could choose one job to do for a day, what would it be? And if you could choose another job to do for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? I would um, want to plan experiences for kids. That would be um, a job that I would love to have because no matter how much we teach them, kids just need to experience this world. And it's, it's so much smaller than they think. Um, for a day, um, I, you know, that's a good one. I'm not sure. I think for a day, I might like to work in the Capitol building just to kind of see how it all really rolls out. Um, <laughs> But that would only be for a day. I think what I would like to do um, from there on is, again, plan those experiences for kids. Yeah, no, that's important. Well, that kind of leads into my last question. The president calls you. The president calls Amy Dixon. It's any president. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And they say, Amy, I need you to come to Washington, D.C., I'm putting you in charge of public education for our country. You are the new secretary of education. What changes would you make? And I think the bigger question is what would be your priorities? I think I've, I've kind of already alluded to this. Mm -hmm. We would stop putting so much pressure on standardized test scores. Um, we would give teachers the autonomy uh, to teach and relax and, and have fun and instill that love of learning and I think we would make sure that um, there's funding so that we can create the space. Um, our building is old. It's not geared toward the technology of today. Um, you know, we need, we need spaces for, for kids to be creative and, um, you know, be able to, to do some passion projects and things like that. And our, our, just the way we're trying to teach right now doesn't fit well in the small classrooms that we provide. Um, you know, that whole kids need time to be kids. So uh, that goes back to that whole teaching them the self-regulation. So let's, let's slow down a little bit on, on homework and things like that. Um, I really feel um, that people need to understand that schools do so much more than academics. We physically take care of kids. We take care of their social emotional needs. I think there's a disconnect. People don't always realize um, all that we do in education. So I, um, I think those would be my main priorities is just stop all of the mandates, quit putting so much pressure on teachers. Um, they're not paid well enough to begin with mm -hmm. and they have the most influence outside of parents on their children's lives. And um, we need to be able to give them more autonomy to do what they know um, needs to be done and, and to have that freedom and just not have that stress of those test scores weighing over them constantly that they truly put on themselves because they can have a great year with kids. And if their test scores don't come back where they think they should be, they immediately draw to that. I don't know what that is that we look at that and, and think that that identifies our value or our, our success, but we've got to break that cycle. So well said. You have my vote, Secretary Dixon. Uh, I hope, I wish, I hope that we can, uh, we can make some of these changes. 
in the years to come because it is, uh, it is just so important. So part of this podcast is just giving the microphone to leaders from across the country. So I am just going to hand you the microphone, Dr. Dixon, and uh, I want you to close out this podcast. Whatever you want to say to people listening, the, the microphone is yours. All right. I, um, I think more than anything, people need to just give themselves grace and, and just have the freedom to be themselves. There's no right or wrong way to do leadership and don't let anyone make you feel that there is. Um, there will always be somebody else that does an area better than you and that's okay. Just learn from them, see what they do, um, take tidbits and ideas, steal from others. It's okay to tell people, I don't know the answer, but let me get back with you and collaborate with all these wonderful people throughout the country and, and get back with them. And I guess the last thing I want to leave everyone with is um, don't be afraid to fail. If you try something new in your school and it fails, who cares? It's not the end of the world. If no one's bleeding or dying, it's truly not an emergency. So, um, you know, just you've got to give yourself the freedom to try new things and they're not all going to be successful, but that's okay. You learn from even those moments and, and you always get better um, and just keep moving forward. Keep trying, keep trying new things. Um, I think that's maybe too simplistic, Adam, but that, that's just the kind of leader I am just straight to the point and, and just, um, just try, try your best and, and you'll be amazed at, at what you can do. So many words of wisdom. Uh, hopefully we can make, uh, we can make some of these changes and hopefully once this pandemic is, uh, is behind us, maybe you, Eric, and the family can come out to California and we can go skiing with my family in Lake Tahoe, because, uh, it sounds like that we have that in common. My family's a, a big ski family and, uh, hopefully, uh, Hopefully we can hang out soon, but Amy, thank you. Illinois Principals Association, I will see you in February. Uh, thanks for all the work that you do, leaders and principals across this country and for your teachers and for your school community. Our schools would not be what they are without all of you. So again, Amy, thank you, my friend, and uh, I will see you on social media. Thank you, Adam. We'll take you up on that. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Hey, before we go today, I got to give a shout out to NAESP and NASSP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals and the National Association of Secondary School Principals. If you are not a member of these national organizations, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I was a member of my state organization for years and I found that I got so much out of the national organization. They have conferences, they have webinars, they have so many different assets and tools for principals that are doing the job. NAESP.org and NASSP.org. Join up, sign up, connect with them on social media. You will not regret it. NAESP.org and NASSP.org are the national organizations for elementary and secondary school principals.